This is Glenn Healy. Hi, this is Braden Holpe. This is Daryl Sutter. Hi, this is Brian Burke. This is Jordan Tutu. This is Keith Morrison. This is Kelly Rudy. Hi, this is Scott Hartnell. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday. Hope everybody's having a great week here. Um, we, we got a. This is the oldest guy I've ever sat down with. So, pretty cool experience for me. Ninety nine years of uh, of life of history. It's uh, well, you're going to get to hear it firsthand, Vernon, and and a little bit about his life and and some stories and and everything else. But before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors: Jen Gilbert and the team for over forty five years since nineteen seventy six. The dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty have served served Lloydminster and surrounding area. Uh, they offer star power to their clients. That is seven-day-a-week access because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. And did you know when it comes to rental properties, they're the biggest licensed residential property management company in the city of Lloydminster. They deal with over 250 rental units. We're talking houses, apartments, and condos. That's Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty. For everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, give them a call, 780-875-3343. Mac Construction, they've been doing business locally for over 12 years now with 100 homes completed. They are a design, build, custom home building operation that specializes in constructing custom homes, cottages, and RTMs. And uh, they also, uh, in addition to the custom home building, they also do extensive renovations to residences and light commercial work. If you're looking to build your dream house, head to macconstruction.ca and look no further. Jim Spenrath and the team down at Three Trees Cap and uh, Tap and Kitchen. Uh, I keep bringing up a couple of different... Uh, uh, beverages they have on tap. They got uh, the Thunder Alley Pilsner and, of course, uh, Siding 14 uh, Brewery now on tap. So you can go for some local uh, breweries in Ribstone Creek, 4th Meridian, and now this Siding 14 uh, from Pinoca. So that's pretty cool. Go uh, give it a taste and see what you think. Uh, follow along on their social media. They're uh, constantly giving away gift cards, and all you got to do is follow and interact. And uh, if you're taking the special someone for uh, a nice evening, make sure you book a reservation. Don't be like this guy. Give him a call, 780-874-7625. Kiva Concrete, since 1979, yes, the year of the glorious Edmonton Oilers coming in the NHL. Kiva Concrete was formed. Hopefully the Oilers will be, uh, I don't know, hopefully looking better than they have been. Ah, who am I kidding? Hopefully Connor McDavid scores about 180 points and, and they get past uh, – the first round of playoffs. That's a side note. Uh, Kiva Concrete is a family-owned and operated a business for almost 42 years now. Uh, well, actually, 42 years now. They have offered concrete services, residential, decorative, and commercial flat work. You just got to go check out their Instagram, folks. Do a little creep in, creep in, and see some of the things they've done. I mean, in town, go check out Spiro's, Spiro's Patio. Well, we still got a few of these nice September nights. Go check out the, the handiwork of uh, Kiva Concrete there. Of course, uh, Elk Ridge Resort, they did the new countertops for. But if you hop on their Instagram, you can just see all the different things they're doing. They specialize in commercial, agriculture, and residential, of course. Uh, basement floors, uh, driveways, sidewalks, patios, garage pads, shops, barns, and countertops. Essentially, if you can dream it, they can do it. Give Chris a call today, 780-875-7678. 
HSI Group, they're the local oil field burners and combustion experts. They can help make sure you have a compliance system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. When I was doing the tour of Prophet River, I did notice that HSI uh, was uh, installing some security there. So I'll be interested to see what... uh, what they got on in store for the new Profit River building. But if you're looking to, you know, uh, keep your house safe, your business safe, you want, you got some livestock that are going to be out in minus 40 here, hopefully not for a couple months, but soon enough, uh, give the boys over at uh, HSI Group a call, 306-825-6310, or stop in 3902 52nd Street. If you're looking for any outdoor signage, uh, give the team over at Read and Write a call, 306-825-5111. I suggest hassling Mrs. Deanna Wandler. I mean that in the best sense. She's fantastic what she does. She'll get you uh, set up. And finally, Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether we're looking at a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call, 780-808-5025. And if you're heading into any of these businesses, let, uh, let them know you heard about them from the podcast, right? Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Born in 1922, he's 99 years old, went to school at Tyrone Country School, was stationed in Halifax during World War II. He was married for 65 plus years until he lost his wife. He's a family man, volunteer, and community pillar. I'm talking about Vernon Marlatt. So buckle up, here we go. Okay, it's um, January 24th, 2021. I'm sitting with Vernon Marlatt. So first off, Vernon, thanks for sitting down and and uh, allowing me to do this. Now, you're 98 years old two weeks ago. Closer to nine months ago. <laughs> nine months ago? August. What? Oh, it's August. Oh, I guess I read the, the report wrong. August. So you're closing in on 99. Yeah. How does 98 feel? No different. <laughs> Any other age. <laughs> no. had bothered me too much. Still up and going. Well, you were born in 1922. That's an awful long time ago, dude. What's the first thing when you look back that you can remember about, about growing up in the 20s? There wasn't much money in circulation. I I I kept you up. I didn't know what money was. I. I until I was about 18, well, worked, did the chores and helped on the farm. Got my board room and clothes. And couldn't wish for any more for this. Because if you 
men on the road looking for jobs. And no work? No work. And then the boxcars, of the town was loaded with them. Traveling from one end of the country to the other, looking open to for work. I had one would get off and go out and see if they could get a job and do anything. They get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think right now of COVID? You're you, you like I say you've you've lived a lot of years. You've you've seen you know when people talk about the the different outbreaks that have come through, the different hard times that have come through. You're a man who's lived through majority of them. Well, it's something we we may never get over with. Yeah. Because it's going to change a lot of things. A lot of shops and people out of work. No, this is. Uh, just about as bad as maybe worse than the war. And the war, there's all kinds of money. But this here is too many going to lose their livelihood because they. People have to be isolated. And I think maybe that's the biggest mistake that, that got everybody in a group. That's that get the catch it and get it over with. I think they're just prolonging it. Why is this? For, What, 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 how many? About six thousand came down today in Canada. And then there's, and I think there's no end to it for quite a while. The vaccine or the Shot, shots aren't going to help too much, but they're coming too late. Going back to the, the war, you mentioned it's maybe worse than the war. Could you maybe walk us through some of the what you remember about the war years? Well, I joined I joined up 
the war was going on for a year or better. And I joined, joined up and put, got into the Air Force in 42 and, and took an aero engine mechanic course. I was in it for, to 45 when I got discharged. And as far as that war, I didn't, I was calm because I went to Saskatoon, took a basic course, and then I went to Brandon, took the physical course, and then I went to St. Thomas and took the, the, the mechanic course. And the, Winter of forty-two for two, two months, and then I got stationed at Lethbridge. Oh, was oh, what got me in bomber training school, and I. Worked on oh, I think I think was the bombing place to drop bombs for could it were you talking about Lancaster bombers? No the Lancasters were all over overseas. They were overseas. Yeah. We just trained in small two but engine planes. Okay. And, uh, and they had nine cylinder big I think biggest Stratton motors in them. Uh, and I worked on those motor motors. That was group of four, four of us in a group, and we worked on engine. Checked them over every time they came back in. And did that from, oh, I don't know, about three years, and then. I closed Lethbridge out and I shipped to North Battleford. I worked on a smaller plane. Then I got, I was towards the end of the then I was there about maybe a year North Ballaport and then we got isolation postings for overseas. Mapo didn't get there, we just got to Halifax. That's when the war and we're quick. But I 
got to Halifax and then and moved us to Greenwood, Nova Scotia for, for about six months and then the, the Lancasters came in to train for the Jack Boar. And they then, as soon as they came in, we moved over to New Brunswick to Pitt Hill Ridge. We were called Cold Storage. <laughs> but, got, I got a chance to work. Work on a what they call a mosquito aircraft. I think think of that twelve cylinders. <laughs> then that then that that took me up, tested out. <laughs> so you got to fly it. No, I didn't fight. I just went for the ride. How was that? It could really go? Yeah, about three or four hard takes. Turn it, fly upside down, everything. What'd you think of that? Oh, okay. I said that you look down there, there's the border between the, <laughs> the states and Canada. We can't go that any further <laughs> south. <laughs> but that, that's where I ended up at Newport. home and Paul. All, all during the years, I'm allowed to come home to, for, for harvest leave. You used to leave the war effort to come home to help for harvest. Really? Yeah. Well, we're just in there tra training pilots. That then we had we had so much leave. A month to leave, come to us every year anyway. So, so we had, and they were sort of labor. Well, all the guys are off fighting, so yeah. you come back home and and lend a hand. Would you? Would it just be on your farm, your parents' farm, or would you be helping all the neighbors and everything? Oh. Well, Dad, Dad had his own outfit, fashion machine, and we had half a dozen neighbors. Not every fall, so I helped there. I did. 
help stoke my, you know what stoking is? Uh, is it tying up? Yeah. The binders went ahead with binders, which cut the grain and elevated it and rocked it and tied it. Made what they call cheese. There was a carrier on the binder that left and then five, six seeds in a dump. Came these machines to go so far and then they'd we'd come along and stick them up. My, how farming has changed over your time. What's the best piece of machinery the farm ever got? What? Well, I don't... I don't remember. I suppose that... Tractor be number one, but... We had we had a tractor which run the thrash machine. And that's how it did. We, we didn't use it for field work at all. It was all horses. Like I, I brought up with horses. How young would you have been when you started uh, working with a team of horses? Well, I, was, I must have been, oh, 35. Well, oh, ever since I was 10 years old, maybe, 85 years. While I went to school, we had an Indian pony we got from the neighbors when we started school. And they pretty well seen us through our school days. Horses and probably used it. When my brother's sister got old enough, put the horse in the buggy and we'd go to school. In the wintertime, put chairs on, put a horse up on the cutter and go to home school in the cutter. When you talk about uh, in the 20s or your earliest memories is you didn't know what money was. You had no idea. No. Could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Um, I don't know if even I fully understand what you mean by that. There was just everything was trading goods. Is that what you mean? You'd trade yeah, some milk well, for or 
money was hard to come by, so you only had 25 cents here and there? Or? Yeah. For, we, we milk cows, separate milk, and sold cream, and mother used to make butter, and they put, put it in pound packages. And we take that to town, trade it for the storekeeper would take for grocery money. We never hardly pay for groceries other than through eggs and cream, butter. So, but it was right, right now, money changed hands. Then I, I guess Dad did all the money work. For he well, that bought the big stuff. But I think. I think the only time I made seen money when I went to Vermillion School of Agriculture in 38, 39, 40, two years. They gave me a few dollars to, for spending money. They paid for the college, but for giving me money, well, <laughs> What was your college days like? What was it, what was it like moving to Vermilion? Well, it was different. We, we lived. I I had to go to Vermilion on the train and stay there because there's no travel back and forth today. Maybe here, go there, back at the forest. I, I had to get on the train and go to the man. I think it was October to December, and we got a home for Christmas for a week. Then I had to go back to. April, first of April, then come back. I was there for four or five months, and we were in the dorm. All I took was seventy-five boys, and what? And there were seventy-five girls on the other side, like. Two dogs. And I was bunk, bunk, bunk with two, there was two, two of us in a room. And my, my partner was from. 
Pat. He was from Banff? Banff, Alberta. Yeah. He's... He's one of the sons that ran the... the tour. Horses that took people on tour on horseback. Okay. Through the mountains. Through the mountains. He, he was a target of that. The name was Brant. He took the two years course too, but as soon as he got out, he joined up. And I don't think I don't think he got got overseas for two months, and that was that I never seen any more of him. But he was killed. Mm. In going to Lakeland, what were you hoping to do after you graduated? Well, I I take an agriculture course. So you're just trying to learn more about farming? No. I got I got my diploma in agriculture. Then war broke out. And Dad said, well, you better join up. So I did. So from, so from 38 to 45, I, 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 I was home, home for one year. And then the rest of the time you're in Vermilion or Lethbridge or Saskatoon or... Halifax, all over the place. Yeah. When war broke out, do you remember, can you, can you remember, A, was it just you read about it in the newspaper? Did you hear it on the radio? How big a news was it? And was it like, oh my goodness, we're into a war? Or was everybody excited about it? Well... Uh, we heard about on radio. Radio was the means back then. The main outlet. But as far as myself, I didn't know too much about it. I never listened. I'm busy. Stick. <laughs> Trying to get the <laughs> get my education and chasing girls, I bet. No, <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> Could if you want to, but they're pretty strict. Well, come on, I was the youngest one. I was just about 18. The rest of the boys were maybe got, got a little more education or 
some of them were in their 20s or that. And they, they knew more about out life out, outside than I did. Because I was just a farm boy and went to town maybe once a week, maybe not that. But last room was there, but I, I didn't know too much about going on in town. <laughs> because we, we never seen town. <laughs> Am I? I think, as a family, I don't think we hurt. We're better off than a lot of people. We had our own, about five, six, seven cows, had pigs, had their own beef, red cows. Self-sufficient. And ran about 20 head of horses for work or had two six horse outfits. I run a six horse outfit. Oh, oh. During the, as soon as I got out of school, or oh, 15, 16, I had six horses I had to take care of and harness and feed. Hooked them onto a two-bottom plow pump. Went, went 32 miles a day. Eleven in the morning, eleven at night, afternoon. A lot of hard work. Well. I just work it. <laughs> but compared to today. Oh, yeah. Today, but they don't know what work is. <laughs> well, they give it a track and it pretty runs. And all you have to do is press button and sit there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different world we live in now. Oh, yeah. Now... I I worked. I got I got a tractor, a one way dash through farm credit after the war. But my dad and brother run the tractor. I run the horses. They did the seed. It's a one-way disc. I don't know if you know what a one-way disc is. 
nine and a half foot. They didn't succeed with that. I might have succeeded with it. They killed six horses on drill. I forget now. I I run the horses. Six horses on six sections of harrows. We we had a cart. Son farmers did a cart. The hired man had to walk behind him, drive the six horses. Some rode horseback. We have that had have a cart somewhere. Go six horses, send our cart. Spread out. On the six horses on the plowers, three, three ahead and three behind. To move the plow. Yeah. How, how long a days would you go doing this? Oh, uh, some days. Why would some mornings were out in the field at six o'clock in the morning. And days weren't very long for horses because they had to be worked eleven thirty, got to bed, fed them. Like I had to get up at four o'clock, round the horses up. Yeah. Put them in the barn, feed them, throw harness on them, go and have breakfast, and, and have them out in the field hooked up around six o'clock till after. Horses. Horses were shorter days than they do with tractors. <laughs> you think? Well, some of them work. Some of them work 12, 15 hours on a tractor. On a horse, you couldn't do that? No. But some of these farmers sit on a tractor and 10, 12 hours a day. They, they do as much as two hours a week. And <laughs> a week. Yeah, it's pretty incredible how much land you can farm now with the technology. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, some of these guys with 20,000 acres <laughs> I think a small farmer is, uh, could be 600 acres now. <laughs> How many acres did you guys have back when you uh, were on your parents' farm? I think we had uh, 
I think we had three quarters. Okay. I, 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 I farm 50-50. Half, summer, follow half. Green. Uh, and of the three quarters would be about three quarters of hundred, four hundred eighty acres. We made a farm. I don't know, probably four hundred acres, maybe three hundred and fifty. So we put a hundred and thirty five acres in summer falls. Do you uh do you remember Lloyd Minster back then? No. Nope. Was it even Was it no When you talk about going to town, where did you go to town to? Lashburn. Lashburn. Never ever to Lloyd. Maybe once a year to repair, but that's all. Wasn't anything to go to Lloyd for? No. That you couldn't get in last Oh, it's too far away. Had to go travel with horses. Take about four hours to come. Four hours one way to get to Lloyd. Well, horses. Yeah. Well, and no, no uh, double-lane highway? Nope. Gravel, gravel road. My granddad, he used to come granddad had two families, <laughs> say, the, the, the older boys, my dad, my two uncles, came from Ontario. And four. I see no four. Yeah. And Grandma raised had the four older ones of her. Then other three or six years. And they were raised in Lashford. And so to get to high school, they had to come to Lloyd. So Grandpa said, Grandma used to bring the kids up and stay in Lloyd here to educate them. And Grandpa had a picture of a, a, a horse that they hooked to the Cutter, they call it a pacer, and used to come to Lloyd. And they said he'd make Lloyd in 20 minutes. Oh, there's no fences, no, just. Yep. Party. The horses couldn't really move. You mentioned no fences. Uh, do you remember then when all the fences were going up? Patches? Yeah. 
Oh, we must have fences because we had cattle. Yeah. Horses. Pigs. So. Was it all, um, I mean, I highly dope with pigs and everything. It was barbed wire, but around where you had the cattle, did you have barbed wire fences back then? Yeah. And would you have to by hand string out all the barbed wire? I suppose you would. Yeah. Yeah. communication you know now we have devices that go with us everywhere i.e this little thing um back then you would not have had anything remotely close to that what do you remember about uh you you know in the seven years you're away from home i assume you wrote letters back and forth to your parents maybe no train train was a big one yeah or anyway only way? Yeah. So if you wanted to get from here to Lethbridge, you were on the train? Yeah. And was that like a, they had passenger trains going yeah. everywhere, any which way you wanted to go, kind of like the bus system? Was it? It had. One would go east at, east at 6 o'clock in the morning, go east, 12 o'clock at night. We go west every day. There's two trains, one west, one east. If you want to go to Bellaford, you have to catch the six o'clock one, go to Bellaford, then stay there till. 10 o'clock at night and come back on the train at 12 o'clock. Did you like traveling by train? I had no choice. <laughs> but did you did you look forward to getting on the train and being like, man, we're cruising compared to trying to walk this or ride a horse through this? Or, or were you like, man, this train sucks and I can't wait to get off of it? Well... We didn't, any, didn't have any fancy seats like they have today. We didn't have any tapers. I traveled back at the forts from the East Coast three times for harvest work like. 
All on the train. All on the train. From the, how long of a train would that be? Oh, five or six cars. How how many days on the train from the East Coast? Oh. Thirty-six hours. You know, it's it's interesting. That's one thing that I mean, people still take the train. It's not like there isn't passenger trains. There certainly are, but they have disappeared. Oh, I... almost no need for them anymore. What? When was the first time you took a plane, like uh, a passenger plane? First time. Yeah. I said, I went down to Nevada. Nevada. When you were 91? That was the first time you got on a passenger plane. There was no, uh, back when you were in Halifax, stationed in the Air Force, they didn't think to throw you guys in some sort of plane and fly across the country to get you home? No. They didn't have such a thing. Didn't have such a thing. What did you think at 91 when you got on your first plane? Where you going, Jesus, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh. No. That's it. Didn't have any choice. If you wanted to go, you had to go on that plane. <laughs> that's fair. I, I read, too, in, um, when you were 91... Uh, along that trip was the first time you ever saw uh, stood in the ocean. Is that true? Yeah. But at Halifax, you would have saw the ocean, no? Oh, yeah, no. All, all the ocean I haven't seen is what is the Atlantic or Pacific? Kind of. The Pacific is at, is on the, the West Coast, and the Atlantic is on the East Coast. I said in the Atlantic, Nova Scotia. But you'd never seen the Pacific before. Well, yeah. I seen the Pacific because one day, one day, two kids or or one was two, two or three. I, I we made a trip by car out to. I go around, pet, ah, uh, ah, uh, granddad lived out there. Oh, what was that? We had, had to go across the, to uh, the island. Uh, across the ferry to the island. Vancouver Island is a very, very beautiful place. Wasn't it too bad then? <laughs> I died. For end up in Victoria. Oh, what the... Half of it's about half, halfway down. Uh, 
You're talking on Vancouver Island? Like Nanaimo? Was it a was it a big or a small place? Just a small place. North or south of Victoria? North. Well, we got technology. Let's see if we can't just find it. Victoria. Duncan. 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 Duncan, B.C. That must be in the 50s. I'm fine. Yeah, north along the main road. Anyways, that must have been sight, quite the sight as a kid. Oh, yeah. When, when, you know, talking about your parents, even your grandparents, because your parents would have been born in the 1800s then. Yeah. What was, what was some of the lessons maybe they passed along to you or tried to instill in you? What was that again? What were some of the lessons? Like, what was what was some of the advice your parents gave to you? Oh, I don't know. We just the day by day. And <laughs> I I don't think they've been. T- Tell us what what to do, not to do. <laughs> Did you have growing up an influential person on your life, though, Fern? Like, was there somebody who you admired, how they carried themselves, or the things they said, the way they treated people? No, not really. I had two uncles that worked very good. Both both ended up in jail. Put the time in, but different things that like stealing gas and stuff. But. I, Otherwise, I think we did pretty good as a family, as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I had four, four uncles. Uncle Wally. His part was bad. And Roy, he, he worked around life for a while. 
Men in ended up BC work working for the I think he helped to put the power power lines in in the mountain. Gordon. He's a he's a big bucker. He's up in BC. I I think I was twelve years old when he said goodbye to him. Then I had one Sasha Tillman. One in New York, the states. I guess I guess that's where. I don't know. Grand Grand residence for the states. Many primed around Barry, Ontario. Before he moved out here. He was in New York, then he went to Barrie, Ontario, and then he moved over here? They came here. They fired at Barrie. Before he brought, brought all his horses that out from Ontario. Yeah. That's how much how about how about winter back then? You know, we we've been having a very mild winter, and it has been rather enjoyable. But currently, it dipped down to minus I don't know thirty five last night. Well, I still warm. So what what was cold back then? Well, 40, 40, 45 below, not Celsius. You're talking Fahrenheit? Yeah. Why are you talking in Fahrenheit? Did you used to go by Fahrenheit back then? No, hell. Just, I don't know, what, last 15 years or so, it changed over. We never had two temperatures. It was always Fahrenheit or it was always Celsius? Always Fahrenheit? When I've been doing these interviews, I always bring up the cold because I didn't realize your houses back in the day were cold. Were just cold. Yeah. Is that something that just, you can just, Remember that instantly, and remember, yeah, the house, like on a minus forty-five night, you had to have the wood fire just a howling. There to go, what what did go out? Get up in the morning, water on the stove, I farmed rice. No. So inside your house, you'd have 
if the when the fire went out the next morning you'd wake up and there'd be ice on the on the yeah. stove on the water pot yeah If we had to go to school, I went regardless. Horse, horse and cutter, snow. The size of the table? Lots, lots of windows, you couldn't see the fence. No. And it, it stayed that way for. Days like that. We had to get up, had to go over to the, used to thrash, stop piles out in the field. And then in the wintertime, go out with a team and hay racks, they call it, get a load of stock. Feed the animals. So you'd have to go out into the field and dig up where you'd left hay stashed up. And that's how you'd feed cattle in the winter. Mm. Did you ever run out of hay to feed the cattle in the winter? Mm. Did you ever run out of feed? Yeah. One or two years, Dad had a haul. Stall for five miles away. That old Bevel used to farm out here out of Marshall. They had that, there was a big lake, a big blue, and it used to go dry. He said that to oats. Get a well of a crop. Then he sells a straw. Go and buy a straw pile of straw. Then haul it 20 miles, 10 miles. <laughs> because maybe we got two or three bushels an acre. We didn't know what a ten bushel of acre crop was. <laughs> you would have had no power, no running water. No. When the telephone come in, they used the barbed wire fences for wire. They used the barbed wire fences for wire? On the telephone lines? Yeah, for what? On the birds. Well, they, they, they didn't have the equipment to put the posts in. <laughs> so how did they get the posts in? How did they get the posts in? Well, well, after a while, they dug it by hand. By hand? Dug each post hole by hand? Yeah. 
you remember the first phone call your parents got or that you got like can you remember no no First radio, I forget. That was just a factory off of River One. Then they had to pay it to town to get charged up. They or the guy that had a bit of a power plant in Lyford to light the town up. But you wanted it back in charge, so you had to take it there. To <laughs> How long did it take for a battery to recharge? Was that a day trip? You walk in, hand it off, and. I, I forget now. But did you listen? Were you. Uh... Did you grow up listening to Foster Hewitt on the radio? The NHL? Hmm? The original six of the NHL were on the radio on Saturday nights. Did you listen to Foster Hewitt? Okay. Yes, we did, but I forget now. <laughs> well, I, I went home for four, four winters. I was in the Air Force. I didn't have a radio. I didn't know what the hell we didn't have any radios in the barracks or anything, so we didn't know what was going on. And in the college, we didn't have no outside. So what did you what did you do for fun in, in the Air Force? I mean, when you're not working on planes and whatever else you were doing in the Air Force, what did you guys do? You must have had some days where you have, you know, a Sunday off, or did you have leave days to go into Halifax? Things are too much. Watching why would go to Lethbridge for something to do, but there was no, no other place to go. And, and there was nothing else doing. But we didn't have any. No ball, no. Nothing. During the war years, there wasn't a whole lot of anything going on. No, no. Is it similar to this, where there's not a whole lot of anything going on? I have no idea what. Well, there's no hockey, no. Well, restaurants are closed down. Uh, during the war, the cafe could be open, beer parks, all that was open. They weren't closed down like they are today. That's what I say. This, this is pretty worse than the war. <laughs> because we aren't we are 
allowed to go here and there. But, but they're doing it. And that's what's going to prolong this. Longer. Longer. Some people try to decide to sit here, or some that they don't know what sit still is. <laughs> Do you know what sit still is? I find I just find that that statement right there very interesting because you're right for probably 20 maybe even longer than that maybe 30 years we are not a Canada is not a group of people that sit still we're constantly doing things yeah do you remember a time where you had to sit still no not very uh, myself I'm not sitting still yeah, you just got your, your driver's license. You still got your driver's license. Yeah. So where do you go touring to? I got my test here the other day. And I'm going to 2022. 20, I got it for two years. You're breaking. You're just a rebel. You're going you're gonna to drive around and go wherever you want. You've yeah. earned it. Yeah. Right. I want to go to the farm. I went to the farm yesterday. I had to get some papers signed for bringing up the company I had for him. Martin is, is on the farm. And so I went up there yesterday morning to get the paper signed. Yeah. Called here, she gave pity. Off and on now, he lost his license because he can't see one eye. <laughs> so he likes company, so no. By the looks of your story, uh, golfing has played a huge part of it or something that you've really enjoyed doing. Well, last few years, I find this, I don't know what, I grew up. I forget nothing. Go every Thursday. They have a, a bee or a, a, a different points. Yeah. Like Cold Lake and Bonneville. Thursday, little towns up there for Maiden. Right, right. Last, but every every Thursday, 
but go. As far as go, they, they pick me up where we go. Every Thursday. Have you ever hit the elusive hole-in-one? Have you ever gotten a hole-in-one? No. Still searching for it? Yeah. Something I'll never do because I can't, can't hit that far. I got a prize for the longest putt, but 20 feet, but I'm more lucky to get my drink. <laughs> you, helped, um, you helped build the Lashburn Golf Course, is that true? Well, although we started with Lashburn Golf, a bunch of us got together Said we're going to make a course. So, there was patch of land and bush and stuff. So, they got some uh, somebody that, some engineer knew something about taking out something. Stuck out through the bush. And then somebody had a cat. Take the bush out. Then we had to pick, burn bush and pick roots and get that, got that all cleared away. There was oh, about 40 acres broke on it already. Then we had to got a guy from Saskatoon and plot the, where to put the greens. Got that done. Then one year we, I think we planted 4,000 trees upward on the Colorado land. Then we made side greens. We had to haul manure and sand and everything to, to make a green. <laughs> manure? Yeah. For fertilizer? Now mm -hmm. well, we haul in loads and loads of manure, make it mixed in with the with the dirt or whatever. Sad. Yeah. You must be very proud of that course then. Oh, uh, should be because 
all volunteer labor. All volunteer labor to make the Lashburn Golf Course. Do you remember how much uh, it cost initially to make? Was the land donated? Was well, the land land cost us party charged I think the party for four thousand acres uh, four thousand dollars for the land. He's a tough old bugger. Then he could go around. I get the golf course this land and that. He gave it all right. We had that. Find money to pay for the land, but the rest of it. All labor, all free labor, all guys donating their time. Land. Something special about small communities when they come together and build projects like that. Uh, yeah. And uh, a few years we had just tight grains and then we put it in the water. Pipes and that. It's, Oil, oil company gave us the pipes. Like they had pulled out of wells. So, all the type of companies were good to us. We had to buy the sprinklers and that, but. We crashed. After we got crashed, we had to buy more. But once we got the more, that was all, all volunteer labor to cut the grass and keep it down. <laughs> When did you meet uh, Bernice? Oh, much in the forties. Do you remember what it was about her? <laughs> oh, we used to go have school dances. That we used to go to different schools for. Seven twos. Yeah. I guess it's one of those, I guess. Do you remember if there was something special about her? Why uh, she was the one? No, not really. She tolerated you? <laughs> so, I just... That's one of those things that happens. <laughs> you were married for 65 years, is that correct, Vernon? 69. 69 years. Got married at 44. What, uh, what could you tell people, whoever stumble across this uh, conversation, about 69 years of marriage? Is there any advice you could uh, pass along? No. Just have to. I had some 
hard times and good times. And it's not all more roses. <laughs> no, you have to take the good with the bad stick together. How about having kids? Uh, I have three little ones. Uh, well, the oldest is closing in on five now, I guess. He turns five in, in April. Um, I know... I know I certainly worry about things now. You, you're a guy who has grown kids now. What were what was parented like for you, and still like for you for that matter? Because now you're what a, a grandparent, great grandparent, yeah, great grandparent. So you got to see a lot of generations come through, which must be a pretty yeah. uh, surreal experience. Yeah. No. Well. I feel sorry for those that, that haven't got any or can't have any. For once they get growing up, well, yeah, yeah. they have somebody to, to fall back on. Like care, well, safe. Take care of me now. She, she got me here. I, otherwise, I wouldn't be talk, <laughs> <laughs> talking to you. Or, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be good with the bad. We lost a boy at, when he's 19 years old. And I tried to miss that. He just, just finished his high school and I don't think he's seen his diploma. We're both working out at Paris' plant out north of Ashford. And there were had chores to do it with. Then there's some stones in the ditch down the road and had a plug-in loader tractor, brand new one. But we took the truck and the tractor and I moved each stone. There's two big ones that not load the truck and I unload them. There's a couple of stones up the road and the ditch. I said, you can go get them while I unload the stones, which he did. And then coming home, I unloaded them dinner time. I seen him coming, so I just went up. He never, never got home. Ended up in the ditch. We don't know what happened. 
had a heart attack or so uh, holiday day we could get any help or <laughs> but just one of those things. Yes. I, I, he stayed with his mother. I, I, I worked at the CD's plant at, for, I don't know, 15, 16 years at night. So he, he's, he's company for mother. Then, but we were, he was working to go to college, and he, which he didn't see, so. But that, that was one of the hard points of life. Especially mother, because she, he was so close to her. I don't think any parent wants that. Well, actually, I know no parent wants that. It's the worst nightmare. Yeah. Well, just like that. Yeah. How quickly the world can turn. Yeah. It seems to be big. He was about six foot tall and pretty strong. Good athlete. Driving the sausage, I think, up at Casey's plant or the Patsy plant. Uh, I was two, so. No. Uh, they were kind of a shocker. What's one of the happiest days you can remember? Happiest. Happy day? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't can't pick any one day out. <laughs> it's been a pretty good life then. Oh, yeah, we had... I had to. I had to work. Make ends meet. No, maybe about it. But I worked nights at the teaching plant. Then I worked at the pension plant. So. 
Bad. Sorry. Not, not five or six cows all the time, and pigs. <laughs> no. I, I, I really haven't had an easy life, but hadn't hurt me. Well, you've had longevity, let me tell you. 98 years is... I hope you get another 98 years and can become one of those guys. But like I say, I've been sitting here talking to people right around your generation, right around that 90 to 95, and the stories just never cease to amaze me. I appreciate you coming in and doing this. Is there anything else that, you know, we, we've we talked for a little over an hour, an hour, and close in an hour and a half. Is there things, anything else that you, you think? I, 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 I say this all the time. It's hard to encapsulate a life in even an hour and a half. Um, but is, is there anything else, Vernon, that you'd like to talk about? No, probably went to Tyrone School for right nine years. Tyrone School? Yeah. I, so, of course, my grade nine correspondence those days as high school was taught had to go to last minute because you take correspondence to local school. I got my grade nine then dad sent me to agriculture. So instead of taking instead of taking high school, you went to Lakeland College. Or may, well, they called it Vermont School of Agriculture then. Okay. What do you remember about uh, Tyrone, uh, the country school, another one-room schoolhouse? Yeah. How far did you have to travel to get to Tyrone? Mile and a half. Yeah, one year there was, I think there was 32 of us from grade one up to grade nine. One, one teacher. One teacher, yeah. Poor old one teacher. Now, one teacher has 10 kids, she's complaining. Just one grade. And they get two hundred dollars a day. Those days, if they got twenty dollars a month, 
Some of the teachers hardly get left. I think I think some of them, or some of them, they get four hundred dollars a year. I just had a funny thought come through my brain. Do you remember the first Coke you ever tried? Coca-Cola. Pop. Were you ever a pop drinker? Were you ever a sweets guy? What what did you guys have for, uh, I don't know, not not dessert, but something along that line? A donut. Nothing like that? You never went to ice cream? Go to town for an ice cream cone? Well... Maybe went to town once a week, or once a month, and they got two bits, or maybe we got, got ourselves an ice cream cone or something. But the soft things, I, I don't remember any. Coke, sir. <laughs> don't remember any of that? Not... Not during the 30s. (laughs) Especially not during the 30s. So, no. I don't know if there's such a thing or not. (laughs) You mentioned way back at the start, going back to your time in Halifax and in the Air Force, that after... The war was done. You guys were preparing for the war with Japan. So was Canada planning on joining the U.S. in the fight against Japan? I'm I'm not too sure. All all I know is these people. Lancasters came in. Yeah, the bombers came back. Came in to trade for there. And, and how far they got, I don't know. But shortly after that, they staged up the two bombs. Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah. Do you remember? What was said back then when that happened? No, for I was out of the apartment. Just another day. Just another day. Another day. What is maybe a, a final one here in Canada? What is maybe one of the biggest changes you've seen in your lifetime? Bigger changes. Yeah. Oh, they, they big combines and big tractors. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to hurt the brain. Well, it, I, I walked out of the field. They saw us, and there's. Two million dollars worth of machines sitting in that field. Three, 
three combines, two big tractors, big uh, big wagons to catch the grain. So I think I think there was three chevys that catch. Uh, yeah, that are loading and unloading at all times. Oh. I have more money than I see in my lifetime, personally. <laughs> and here, here, my nephew was, was pretty two, two million dollars worth of. I was sitting in the field. What he had home, big dryer, two big augers. Your final one, then, before I let you go, is if you have advice for anyone, what, over almost 99 years, would you pass along? What's something you would say has uh, lived the test of time? Oh, you just have to day by day. Take what comes you haven't you haven't got to say I'm sitting here I have to go outside what take what's outside there I have no control I just have I have to take day by day and for make plans can be broken. So if you plan something and a lot of people plan and then materialize, then they go all wacky. <laughs> go wacky when their plans don't come to fruition. No. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just lucky, that's all. I seen the good, I seen the bad, so. That's life, isn't it? So. Well, I appreciate you coming in, Vernon, and sitting down and doing this with me. So. I got lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> I got more time than money. <laughs> well. Thanks again for, for sitting in and, and sharing some of your life with me. God. Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time.